man, this is how I live. This is how I live, because of the word. Amen? All right, we're going to read this word, we're going to pray, and we're going to give thanks this morning. Amen. We, we're in the midst of a series, uh, giving thanks to the Father. Amen. We're going to be here while we may be here all the way to Thanksgiving. Amen. Because this is what it's all about. We got to thank the Father. Out of all the stuff God is doing for us, we ought to get a praise out of you. We ought to get a thanksgiving out of you. Amen. Amen. We rejoice in this morning. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. You got your Bible. We're going to be reading out the King James Version first. For this cause we also, since today we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and the desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. And here's the verse, verse number 12, giving thanks to the Father, which has made us meet to be partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. What did he do, Pastor, who delivered us, past it, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and have? translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We're going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning as we come to you in the precious blood of our Lord Jesus, in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. We come with thanksgiving in our heart. We come blessing your holy name, for you are holy, and today we're going to learn you are worthy Yes, sir, you're worthy of all the glory and the honor and the praise. And everything that we give you, you are worthy. So we bless you, we praise you, we appreciate you now. Teach us, lead us, and guide us, help us to understand, and help our audience to understand the word of the Lord this morning. And I pray there'll be some people who receive the word today. Some of you for the first time. In the blessed name of our Lord Jesus Christ, through your precious blood, all degree that prayer said, amen, amen, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Now, I want to say thank you so very much to all those people who, first of all, support our ministries, amen, so many people who support this ministry. We cannot do this without you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Pastor and Sister Crump, we want to shout out to all those people support Somebody says support, because there's no way in the world that we can do what we're doing without your support. I want to say to you, uh, we last we checked, we was right at 136,000 people who have passed away in the United States since March. That's why we don't want nothing to happen to you. I want you here, though of faith, but I cannot allow nothing to happen to you. Just be patient, won't be long. God's going to move. Amen? And we're going to do it together. We're going to do it safely. All right? So get your Bible, call somebody, text somebody this morning. Uh, let them know it's time for the Word. Let them know how to get on Facebook and, and share the Word of God with somebody this morning. Amen? I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful for all of the things that the Lord has done for Pastor Sister Crump. Thank God for all the things that he's done for this ministry. Amen? All right. So we are giving thanks. That's our teaching this morning. Giving thanks to the Father. Praise God for his goodness. Giving thanks to the Father. Now, this is our series that we have been on. Now, I want you to understand how we got there. This series came because we went through volume number one and volume number two on Romans chapter 12. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. We're just going to update you. Romans chapter 12, we're going to be looking at the first two verses uh, in Romans chapter number 12. And then, we, then this thing going to take off, okay? Romans chapter number 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So God showed us first to be renewed. Now, we did two series, 12 tapes on be renewed. That's what God's supposed to have done. Renew your mind. That's what you want to shout out out there. Renew your mind. Because first of all, that's what God has done for you when you got saved. I want to say it again. Once you got saved, God renewed your mind. He gave you a new mind. He gave you a new heart, new spirit. All right? So we're going to get into that. We're going to show you what has happened. Now, since God has given you a new spirit, now you can do this stuff. These things you can do that you couldn't do before. See, a lot of people can be pretenders. But unless you got the Holy Spirit, you're not for real. You got to have the Holy Spirit to worship God. You can't worship God unless you worship God in spirit and in truth. You got to have the word to worship God and you got to have a new heart uh, just to worship God. Now, let's get into God's word because I want to go and show you that. Let's go, to, let's go to 2 Corinthians. Now, first, I want to show you my subject. Let's do that first. And uh, let's go back to uh, Colossians chapter 1. And in Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 12 is where we're going to get our subject. We say, giving thanks to the Father. That's our series. Giving thanks to the Father. Now, last week, uh, we, we have spent four tapes on just God's inheritance because that is so important for you to know what your inheritance is. And we showed you your inheritance is eternal life. Let me go to Colossians while we're there and look at chapter 3 and verse number 24. Now, I'm showing you this because, you know, you hear people in religion, tradition of men, they always talk about somebody passed away and they've gone home to get their reward. They've gone home to get their reward. Let's, let's show you what is your reward. Now, last week, get last week's tape. All of these tapes are coming up on podcasts. So every time you hear us on a Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, plus we got beyond the message, these things are coming up weekly. So don't give up on us. They're coming up every week. But we showed you what your inheritance is. Your inheritance is eternal life. We don't want you to forget that. You don't get eternal life after you're dead. Don't let nobody deceive you now. Don't let nobody tell you you can get water baptized, get eternal life. You get eternal life by taking communion. See, there's a doctrine that teaches you the more past, the more communion you eat off the table, the more you will be like Jesus. Don't let nobody deceive you. This work is done by the Holy Spirit, not by you eating bread off the table. There's a doctrine that teaches that the more you eat communion, more you eat Passover every Sunday, it making you more and more like Jesus. Don't be deceived. Transformation has to come by the Holy Spirit. He's the only one that can change you. All right, the new birth must take place by the Holy Spirit. All right, now, Colossians chapter 3, verse 24. Watch what the word says. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive, watch this, the reward of the inheritance. Knowing of the Lord, you shall receive, he told you what the inheritance is, the reward of the inheritance. So we know your inheritance is your reward. But you don't get your reward after you die. You get your reward in Christ. Everything God promised you is in Christ. Let me show you what he promised you. One thing God promised you. In the first John, chapter 2 and verse 25, just going to show you one verse. First John, chapter 2 and verse 25, told you what God promised you. And then I'm going to show you in the word of God that you have received it. First John 2, 25, here's what God promised you. Now, we got in on that in Christ, okay? For this is a promise that he had promised us. Now, we know John wrote to the Jews because God didn't promise it to us, but we got it because we're in Christ. Everybody understand that? And this is the promise 
that he had promised us even eternal life. So our teaching today has to do with giving thanks to the Father. Part five, God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. That's going to be your teaching for today. Part five, volume one, under this new series, giving thanks to the Father. God rescued, past tense, rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. That was, for, that was Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 13. So when you read that, you'll see what God did. He delivered us from the kingdom of darkness. I'm using the word rescued. All right? Now, what did God promise us? Eternal life. 1 John 2.25. And this is the promise that he had promised us, evil eternal life. Now, if he promised you eternal life, how did you get it? Here it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. How did you get eternal life? If God promised you eternal life, how did you get it? And when did you get it? See, that's the kind of thing you want to do. See, this is why you hear me fuss so much about water baptism, because people are telling you you get eternal life through water baptism. Listen, you don't get a baby because you took a bath. You don't get born of the Spirit because you took a bath. Come on. That, all that was Old Testament types and shadows. God told you how you get the Spirit. Now listen to the Word of God for your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 20 says, All the promises of God. All the promises of God. Not some. All the promises of God in Christ is yes and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now, I want to read that same thing out of the NLT. Now, this is 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. And verse 20. Second, we read out of NLT. For all of God's promises, watch this, have been fulfilled in Christ. I'm reading out the NLT. 2 Corinthians 1.20. All of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. So all of God's promises in Christ has been fulfilled. Now, the promise of eternal life in Christ has been fulfilled. So if I'm in Christ, then I have eternal life. And to have eternal life means I have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's eternal life in me. All right? Now, that's, that's the next verse. Let me show you that verse. That's Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Headed to our message. Galatians chapter 2. And verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ. Christ liveth in me. Come on, say that with me. Christ liveth in me. See, that's your eternal life. And now the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the reason I have this eternal life is because Christ died, buried, and raised again from the dead for me. And that's how I got my life. All right, now, with all those things in mind, we're going to get into this teaching today because... I have started this, and I went back to the inheritance. So we're going to talk about God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Now, when I talk about kingdom, I want to give you four words when you talk about kingdom. The word kingdom means number one word is government. The government. Now, I'm going to show you why it's so important for you to be saved. Because if you are not saved, you are not in the kingdom of God. You are not in God's government. You know, it's just like, for example, uh, Canada. Canada has a border. Canada can decide to let you in to Canada. United States has a border. United States can decide to let people who are in Canada in the United States, or they can close their borders. Canada can close their borders and not let us into Canada. So that's how it is. Why? Because Canada is a kingdom. So you have to understand that. 
But in Canada, they have a queen. In Britain, they got a queen. So that is run by a person. The United States has a president that we select every four years. So, but we have the same type of government. So when you talk about a kingdom, you use the word government. All right, now, the government is all of the, 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 the government that runs the command. So you got, for example, you got laws. That's why we keep saying over and over that we have to keep the laws of, of, the, of the land. And they are set laws in every country on how they run their country. And when a person would not respect the laws of a country, then that's when you got to really determine that person has nothing, really doesn't care about your government. And that's what we got to understand as a people, like in the kingdom of God. There are some things you're just not going to do in the kingdom of God. You have to keep. That's why in the old covenant they had the law. Now they have, we have grace. But we do have the word that we have to go by. God has his word that we have to obey in the new covenant. All right. Now watch this. Number, the kingdom now. Number one is government. Then we have the word rule. R-U-L-E, rule. Now this rule is God's authority. So in the kingdom, you have a government. You have rule. Then you got people or, or the inhabitants who are subject to that kingdom. So you have the government, you got the rule, then you got the people who are subject to the rule of that kingdom. All right, and then number four, you have the territory. Now, if, I, if you go to Canada, we know we drive over to Canada, we can go through Port here and go through Detroit, and you can go all the way. Say, for example, there's a Niagara Falls. Now, there's a Canadian side of the Niagara Falls, and then there's an American side of the Niagara Falls, just like it is in Detroit. You can, go leave, you can leave here and go into Canada. You can leave uh, from the Canadian side or the American side of the Niagara Falls and go into Canada. You can leave in Port here and go over to Canada. So all these things are showing, showing us about because that's a different kingdom. They run by different rules. So that's how we got to understand in the word of God. The word of God is a kingdom. It's the kingdom of light. But I'm showing you today the kingdom of darkness. Now, next week, I'm going to get on the kingdom of light. I'm going to show you, the boat. I'm gonna show you your side. Today, I'm going to show you God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. We were in the kingdom of darkness. And I'm going to give you three words to show you the kingdom of darkness. I'm going to show you in the kingdom of darkness, there was not only darkness, but that word stands for flesh, Adam, and the world. So when the Bible talks about the God of this world, he's still talking about the God of flesh or the God of darkness. All right? He got his, he got his power through the fall of Adam. He operates in natural things. So we're going to have to really look at this. This is very important. All right, that's why God said the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They are not natural. All right, now let's, let's get into this because this is so very important. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Start there, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll start reading verse, we're going to read verse 5, then we're going to read verse number 14. So let's start reading with verse 5. Let's do that first. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, then we're going to skip down to verse 14. And chapter 5, verse 5, now he that has wrought us, that word wrought, wrought us, you need to underline that word because that's the same word as created us, made us. All right? So he that has created us and made us, for the self-same thing is God. Now, right off the bat, it lets you know water baptism had nothing to do with this. Your new creation was of God. So that's why we're showing you giving thanks to the Father. Giving thanks to the Father. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 5. 
Now he that has wrought us, created us, for the self-same thing is God, who also has given to us the earnest of the Spirit. Now he's told you two things. God created us, and God gave us the Holy Spirit. Now you got to get that. God created you, and God gave you the Holy Spirit. In one verse. All right, now we're going to go down to verse 14. For the love of Christ constrains or controls us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, he tell you what Christ did. Let me explain something to you. The word grace means the finished work of God. Let me say it again. The New Testament is God's finished work. So when you still hear people saying what God is going to do, they are not talking about grace. They are still under the law. See, that's why you know Christ has already come. Because grace is the finished work. The whole New Testament is telling you what God has done. Just always remember that. God is not going to do anything else. Jesus is seated on the right hand of the throne of the majesty on high, right now. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. But there was a time when Christ did come to the people of Israel. But that had to be at the end of the dispensation of their age. It can't be in the dispensation of grace, because now in the dispensation of grace, we are under the rulership of the Holy Spirit. Just think about it. All right. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, the love of Christ constrains us, because we thus judge, as one died for all, Christ died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all. Once again, he's going to repeat that. Christ died for all. Now, if he died for all, they which live, now what should I do? Now they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Then it says in verse number, verse number 15 again, and that he died for all, they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet know we him no more. Therefore, in verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Remember that now. Old things are passed away. That's flesh. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, these old things are natural things, carnal things, old things, visible things. Those things are passed away. You cannot use natural, visible things in the church anymore. Thus, law. That's how you know it's law. When you got to go get a pan to wash people's feet, that's law. When you got to get bread to put on the table, that's law. When you got to get a baptism pool to wash a person, that's law. Anything that's natural, physical, that you can use in churches is law. That's what law is, all right? Because everything now is done by the Holy Spirit. Everything now is visible, invisible because you have to have faith now. That's why you have to have faith to operate in the invisible realm with your heavenly Father. Okay? So, watch what it says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, watch this, all things are new. That word new means spiritual. All things are spiritual, and all things of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and given us the ministry of reconciliation to witness that God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself, not imputing their trespass unto them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. All right, now we are in a ministry of reconciliation, but let's move on. So we talk about the word darkness. Let's go to the book of Acts. 
Let, let me show you. So it's so very important in the book of Acts chapter 3. You got to know what you have. You got to know what you have. In Acts chapter 3, you got to know what you have. Now, Paul gave us a, a, a church of that, which maybe I may have to minister on, but let me, let me read that out of the NLT. Colossians chapter 1. Uh, let, let me show you one thing you got there in Colossians chapter 1. Then I'm going to minister out of Acts chapter 3. See, you got to know what you got. So in Colossians chapter number 1, one thing he told you you have. Now, we're giving thanks to the Father, but there's a little nugget that he talked about when he started talking about giving thanks to the Father. In verse number 11, we are reading Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you would have all the endurance and patience you need. And then here's a little token he said at the end that we might touch on. May you be filled with joy. May you be filled with joy. Now that is the verse that came before Thanksgiving. Because if you are not filled with joy, I'm going to read it out of good news. What happens when people are not filled with joy? Let's, let's let the word tell us. Colossians chapter 1. Why is it so important for you to be filled with joy? Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 11 again. He says, may you be strong with all the strength which comes from the glorious power so that you may be able to endure everything with patience. And then watch what he says. We're reading the good news. And with joy, giving thanks. Did you catch on? And with joy, giving thanks. Well, what if you ain't got joy? See, what, why you think God gave you joy? That's one of my teachings. Why did God give me joy? He gave you joy so you can give thanks to the Lord. So if you're not giving thanks to the Lord, maybe you don't have the joy. Now you got to understand, Rome, let me show it to you. Romans chapter number 14. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this in just a moment, but Romans 14, 17. So you have to know what the kingdom, remember, he translated us into the kingdom of this son. We're going to talk about it next week. But let me, let me show you. You're supposed to have something if you're in the kingdom. Here it is, Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God, not meat and drink, but number one, righteousness, peace, and joy. Somebody said righteousness, peace, and joy. Now all of that is where? In the Holy Spirit. So if you have the Holy Spirit, that's what God gave you. He gave you righteousness, he gave you peace, he gave you joy. That's what he gave you. Now, let's go back and let's see this guy and see, did he get it? Acts chapter number 3 and verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up into the, together into the temple at the hour of prayer. Now, you got to know what you got. Once again, I say that, you got to know what you got. How can you give me something if you don't know what you got? How, is you, how can you give me something and if you don't know what you got? God gave me righteousness. He gave me peace. And he gave me joy in the Holy Ghost. So if I'm going to minister to somebody, those are the areas. Righteousness, I got to be able to teach this man how he become right with God. I got to be able to know 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Christ's death, burial, and resurrection will make you right with God. If you believe it. Then I got to show him that he's going to need the peace of God that Philippians 4 talk, talked about in verse 6, which passes all understanding, because that's going to guard his heart and his mind. Then he's going to need joy, because he's not going to operate in thanking the Father unless he has the spirit of joy. So these things you're going to have to know you have. Now let's see through Peter, James, and John have it. Let's check them out, shall we? Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Now Peter and John went up into the 
temple together at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Straight man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. And he was there because he was there for a reason to beg, to ask arm of them to enter into the temple. Now, here's a man that you got to pass by every day. He's going to be at the temple sitting, begging, asking something from you every day. But if you don't know what you have, you don't know what you can help him with. He don't really need the money. He's probably been begging for how many years? So the first thing is, oh, a lot of folk are going to give him money, but you may have something to give him that he really needs and might not be money. But you got to know what you got. Some folk got a lot of money. They can hand them a $20 bill and walk on by and wouldn't even hurt them. Some people can give them a $100 bill. Don't even bother them. But everybody can't do that. Everybody got to know what you, can, what you have. Let's see what he got. He was there asking arms of everyone that entered to the temple. And when he saw Peter and James and John, the Bible said when he saw Peter and John, not James, but Peter and John, they were about to go into the temple. He was asking arms. Now remember, he had never been in the temple yet. Peter hadn't been in the temple yet. I can understand that Peter was coming out the temple and Peter had already got what he needed from the Lord. No, 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 no. Peter was going in the temple. Because first of all, Peter was going to give something to the Lord. What was he coming to give God? He was coming to give God thanksgiving. Coming to bless the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he had not been in the temple. He's on his way, but he had what he needed already in him. Some people don't understand worship. We think when we come to church, we're supposed to come to church to get something. Nah, you come to church to give God something. You come to give God your thanksgiving, your praise, because you should have got something all the rest of the week. All these things that God took you through should have caused you to give God praise. Every time he did something for you, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and so when you come in the house of the Lord on Sunday, you ought to have something to give him. Most times we think we come to get something from God. These guys already had what they needed, and they come to give it to the Lord, and they met the man at the gate called Beautiful. Shall we continue? This man acts it on. Verse 4, Peter fastened his eyes upon him, with John and said, look, look on us. Look on us. And this man gave heed to them expecting to receive something. This man looked up to Peter and James and John. He got their attention. They, this man looked up expecting to receive something from them. That's how you are when you come to God. You got to be expecting. Then Peter said to him, silver and gold have I none. Because they were taught not to take that with them. Silver and gold have I none. But then he says, but such thing as I have. But such things that I have. Peter knew what he had. I want to ask you a question. Do you know what you have? Such things. He said, look, silver and gold have I none. But such things. As I have, give I thee. He's going to give him all he got, brother. And I believe that's how it was. He looked at this man and said, look, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Because he knew he had the power. He got it from being with Jesus. I'm telling you right now, there are some people I'm praying for in my spirit. And I tell you, I just know in my heart, that God has given them a miracle of healing. I'm going to go on record. I'm, tape, I'm on tape, but I'm going to go on tape saying because I believe with all of my heart that God has given them a miracle of healing. And I've talked to these people, talked to one yesterday, 
And I believe that. I just believe that because that's what God does. Such as I have. You got to know what you have. You can't just give people false hope. There are some people right now I am praying for. You are in this ministry. A lot of you going through sickness, diseases. A lot of you going through old age. Things that come up on your life. Listen, this ministry is praying for you. Your pastor is praying for you. The ministry, the ministry of this church is praying for you. You need to do one thing for me. And that's believe God. I'm not asking you to work it out, fix it or anything. I'm asking you to believe God. And I'm going to believe God with you. I'm praying for you. I want to look you right in the face. I'm going to let you know, listen, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your family. Don't you think God don't have what you need? God is an awesome God. And there's nothing too hard for God. I like Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, I know you can do anything. I know you can do everything. That's the kind of God you serve. So all you do is believe God. Don't give up. Don't quit. Just believe God. Because God will take care. This man has been by the pool. That, not, not the pool, but he's been sitting at the gate called Beautiful. How, many, how long he been there? We don't know. But his blessings came that day. And I believe the day is your day. I believe that with all of my heart. You ought to tell somebody that. Tell, tell somebody, today is my day. Mine's an awesome thing when you've been sitting by the pool, sitting outside the gate called beautiful every day, and all of a sudden, the man you've been looking for, who had your answer, just showed up. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I want somebody to be able to point their finger at the camera. Some of you on Facebook, I want you to shoot it over to somebody. Let them know. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I believe God has a miracle. And I want you to shout that out to somebody. God has your miracle today. Yes, sir. Today, God got your miracle. Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Somebody else ought to shout out there, be made whole in the name of Jesus. We're going to speak it out to some people today. I don't care what they're going through. I don't care how long they've been going through it. Today is your day for your miracle. Today is your day for your miracle. In the name Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Say it with me. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just tell somebody out, be healed. In the name of Jesus. Somebody shout it out out there on Facebook. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Oh yeah. God's spirit is moving. God's spirit is carrying out the assignment. God's spirit is moving. I'm telling you right now. Don't worry about it. Just raise your hand. If you needed healing in your body. Raise your hand and receive it. Just receive it. Thanks be to the Father. Just begin to thank him this morning. Thank him for his goodness, his mercy, his grace, his love and kindness. Just begin to pour your heart out, thanking you, Lord, for healing my body. Yes, sir. Glory be to his name. Acts chapter 2, this man gave heed, expecting to receive something. Peter said to him in verse 6, 7, Gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says, he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately 
His feet and ankle bone received strength. Took him by the right hand. I'm on the camera. I don't know who you are out there. I need you to reach towards me. I want you to reach your hand towards me. Can you give me a close-up there, brother? I'm going to come right at you. Can you reach your hand towards me? I'm going to come to you next. I want a close-up. If you're out there, I want you to reach, reach your hand towards me. Take my hand. I'm telling you right now. Because you're coming out your situation. Just grab me by the hand. You're coming out your situation. Somebody ought to shout it out on the Facebook. You're coming out of your situation this morning. God is going to bring you out of your situation. Just reach and get me by the hand. Come on. Come on, we're going to pull together. You're coming out your situation in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm coming to this camera right here. Thank you. You're coming out your situation. Not going to leave you there. Not going to leave you there. You've been sitting by the, by the gate called beautiful, but you're coming out. I'm coming at you. I'm come, not going to leave you there. Reach and get me. Reach and get my hands. Let me help you. And all you got to do is just grab my hand. The Holy Ghost going to snatch you out of your situation. You're coming out of that darkness. You're coming out today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There he is right there. Thank you for that anointing, Father. Thank you for that anointing, Father. Thank you for that anointing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank God. Come on, let's pray. Let's thank God for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your deliverance. He, deliver, he, has, he has rescued us from darkness. Brought us out of that darkness. This man was sitting by this place. Peter says, Seven go have I none. Such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. He lifted him up. And the Bible says, immediately, his feet and his ankle bone received strength. Watch what this man did. Hallelujah. Watch what he did. And the Bible said in verse 8, he leaped up, stood, and he walked, and he entered with them into the temple. He went to church with him. He went to the temple with him. He was walking, and he was leaping, and he was praising God. Hallelujah. He was leaping. He was walking, and he was praising God. I said he was leaping, and he was walking, and he was praising God. Isn't that something? God brought him out of darkness. That's the God that we serve. I don't know who you are this day. I don't know who you are. On Facebook, somebody ought to be able to shout out, God just touched me. I don't know who you are. Just shout it out. God just touched me. I'll tell you right now. He brought you out. That was the word today. The word, your word today, he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm going to give you some definitions for the word darkness. He brought you out of ignorance. He brought you out of flesh. He brought you out of the old man Adam. He brought you out of the world. He brought you out of the grave. See, that when God brought you out of darkness, he brought you out. The devil thought he had you. I said he thought he had you. But God is your deliverer. Leaping, jumping, and walking, and praising God. That's going to be your story. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. And the Bible said all the people saw him walking and praising God. They knew it was the man who was set at arms of the gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. Oh yeah, a whole lot of folks going to be wondering what has happened to you. But listen, you got to praise. You got to give God the thanks now. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. God rescued you from the kingdom of darkness. Translated you. We're going to talk about that next week. Let's go and show you this thing. Romans chapter 7. The Apostle Paul 
didn't understand how he was going to get out of the flesh into the kingdom of God. Didn't understand it. God showed us all. Romans chapter number 7. See, when a man not saved, you need to be delivered from the body of sin into the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 7, verse 21. I find then a law, Paul said that when I would do good, evil is present with me. I delight in the law of God after the end with man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Then he cried out, O wretched man that I am. He asked a question, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? You know, I, 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 as a young preacher, I'm always troubled with that because I've always wondered why would God allow me to go in the ground and still I have his Holy Spirit and I found in the word God do not allow his children to be buried in the ground. Your flesh may go in the ground, but not your soul. No, no, no. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. Paul said, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, with the flesh the law of sin. Look at 2 Corinthians. Paul found the answer. God would never let his children in the new covenant go into the ground. No, your flesh may go, but not your soul. What does it mean to say God saved my soul? He saved me from darkness. He saved me from my flesh. He saved me from sin that's in my flesh. Death that's in my flesh. It is my flesh that will go to the grave, not my soul. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 says, We know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle dissolved, we have a building of God. And house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Don't let nobody fool you. Don't let nobody fool you. To be saved is to be saved from your flesh. God saved me from my flesh. Let me show you that in 1 Corinthians 15. I know I'm jumping around a little bit here, but I'm leaping and praising God. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 54. Watch this. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass, here it is, which is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your stain? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. Here's another thanks. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we got the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When God put my soul in Christ, he put me in victory. I'm living in victory. I'm walking in victory. I'm praising God in victory. Right now, because that's who Christ is in my life. He is my victory. He's your victory right now. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God did. He put us in his victory. Let me show you what Paul's ministry is. Look at Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. This is Paul's ministry. This is why I love the gospel of Christ. Acts 26 and verse 18. Going to wait till you get there. Acts 26, 18. Just one verse. Paul ministers to open their eyes. Turn them from darkness. Turn them from darkness to light. Turn them from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. And inherit among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So that's what the gospel of Christ does. Turns you from darkness. God's ministry is to deliver you from darkness. 
into God's marvelous light. Let's look at another. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. The word of God is just on and on and on and just on telling you what God had done for us. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. We're going to look at verse 1, verse 5, verse 6, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says, You has he quickened, that word quickened me made alive, who were dead in trespass and sin. See, that was one time I was dead and I was in this flesh. This flesh had me trapped. A man is not saved, he's in the flesh, he's trapped, his soul is trapped in the flesh. He was born in sin, and sin and iniquity did his mother conceive him in that flesh because of Adam. But he's not done. Verse number five, Ephesians chapter two and verse number five, just one verse, watch what it says. Verse, verse four. Verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, what would he love? Oh, yeah, I was in that sin, but God, who is rich in mercy, his great love, what would he love? Even when we were dead in sin, watch what he did. He has quickened us together with Christ. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Watch what the Lord did. He raised us up. Thanks be to God who giveth us the victory. He raised us up together with Christ, made us sit together with Christ in heavenly places. That's where you are today. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. That's what he did for you. But he's not done. In verse 11, he said, Now you remember, in time past, you were Gentiles in the flesh. See, that's where we were. We were in the flesh. We're not in the flesh no more. Wherefore, remember that. In time past, we were Gentiles in the flesh. And the Bible said we were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made with hand at that time. At that time. We were without Christ. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were strangers of the covenant. A promise. We had no hope. We were without God in the world. But it doesn't stop there. Hallelujah. But now in Christ Jesus, I want three people to say it online right now. But now in Christ Jesus. But now in Christ Jesus. But now in Christ Jesus. My God, what's going on here, Pastor? You who sometimes was a fall. There was a time we were far from God. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometime were far off are made not by the blood of Christ. Somebody ought to thank God for the blood of Christ. Somebody ought to just take a moment and thank God for the blood. No other blood could save you from sin, nothing but the blood of Christ. No other blood could do it. Only the blood of God's Son that can rescue you. God saved you by his own blood. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. Let's show you something. This is awesome stuff. Look at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5. 1 Thessalonians. What an awesome God we serve. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. All this stuff is good, man. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 5 through verse number 7. You are all the children of light. That's when you say. You are children of the light. You're not children of the day. I'm sorry, you are children of the light. You are children of the day. We are not children of the night. We are not children of darkness. That's why the Bible says, therefore let us, in verse 5, said, therefore, verse 6, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep are sleep in the night. For they that be drunken are drunk in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on a breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. God has not 
pointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we would live together with him. Somebody ought to give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to live together with Christ forever. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. Look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Colossians chapter 1. Oh, this word is just so rich. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21. Colossians 1, 21. That's where we're going to go. Man, this time is gone. We only got about three or four minutes, I'm telling you. But I'm so excited. Somebody out there, keep it going. Thanks be to the Father. What did he do, Pastor? He rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. My God Almighty. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's an awesome thing to know that our God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Now, if, if, God, if, God, if God rescued you, what did he really do? That's what we're going to get into our next service. Because if he rescued me, he delivered us, didn't he? Let me give you a few of those. He delivered us from danger, from evil, from sin. He delivered us from death. Listen, you already been delivered. You saved. You've been delivered from danger. You've been delivered from evil. You've been delivered from sin. When you're saved, you're delivered from death. You're delivered from hell. You're delivered from the grave. You ought to give God praise for all that stuff. God delivered you already from that stuff. That's what it means when you're saved. Here's another. He freed us. We're going to get into that the next service. He freed us. Here's another one. He redeemed us. Pastor, these are big words, I know. He ransomed us. He not only freed you, he redeemed you, he ransomed you, but he also purchased you. You don't belong to yourself anymore. You've been bought with a price. God bought you out. He bought your house. He bought your house. You're his house now. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. The Bible says, And you that were sometime alienated, enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet has he now reconciled. What does it mean, Pastor? He has forgiven you. How did he reconcile me, Pastor? Verse 22 says, He did it in the body of his flesh. He did it on, through death, see? He did it on the cross. That's why we preach the cross here. In the body of his flesh through death to present us holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. We got one more. That's Colossians 2.13. Just one verse. We got one minute. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 13. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him. God made us alive together with him. Listen, this is awesome. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised us from the dead with him. You ought to just celebrate, man. It's time to celebrate. God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Let me tell you what you need to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I always love this verse because this is how God saved you. But you got to receive your salvation. Got to receive your inheritance. Eternal life. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to come to this camera. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and then he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. That is how you say, by putting your faith, your confidence in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Take my hand. Like I told you earlier, take my hand.
I want you to repeat after me. Father, I receive your eternal life. I believe Christ died for my sins and he was buried and God raised him from the dead. I put my faith in Christ's death, bed, and resurrection and I receive your Holy Spirit. I receive eternal life. And thank you now, Father, for making me your own child. I'm your child now. That makes you responsible for me, Father. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.